Our Bible reading this morning comes from uh, the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, starting at verse 13. If you're using one of the Pew Bibles, you'll find that on page 1188. 1188. Verse 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Nigel. Please do keep your Bibles open there. And uh, our reading ended with the words, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Let us pray. Father, God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that your word is there for our encouragement in these sad and uncertain times. We pray that we would be encouraged today as we see your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is no doubt that the death of Queen Elizabeth will be a milestone in the life of our nation. I suspect, like many, I found myself unexpectedly tearful as I heard the news of her passing. And for those who know me, I'm not given to particularly to uh, displays of emotion. She has been such a constant figure in all our lives, and we feel deeply connected to her as if we knew her personally. This morning, I cannot offer you any great eulogy nor any anecdotes of my own, but I can point us to Scripture that says, verse 13, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. As we mourn the death of our dear Queen, Christians are not to be uninformed about those who die. We are to be informed with, as verse 14 says, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. It's in this belief that you and I can be confident of life after death. We can be confident that the Queen is safe with the Lord Jesus because she shared that belief in him. One of the reasons I have been so inspired by the Queen is 
in the way she seemed to have become more and more confident and more and more explicit uh, in talking about her faith. One commentator has analyzed all her Christmas speeches, that must be a lot, and noted that in the earlier broadcast, the Queen only spoke in passing of the religious significance of Christmas, but in the last 20 years, her messages have taken on a different tone, with the Queen explaining her own personal faith. She says, it is the anchor in my life. In one example from Christmas uh, 2011, she said this. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families. It can restore friendships. And it can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we find the power of God's love. God sent into the world a unique person neither a philosopher nor a general, but a saviour with the power to forgive. The queen was not uninformed. She wasn't uninformed about the good news of Jesus, and she had confidence in his death and resurrection that brings new life, even after death, And she wanted others to know about it as well. So firstly, as we mourn, we too should not be uninformed. Secondly, it is a time for us to reflect on the hope that we have in the face of death. Paul says in verse 13, we do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Paul, in this passage, wants believers to grieve, hopefully. It's not something actually in the middle, a bit of grief mixed with a bit of hope. It's actually holding together inexpressible grief and sadness with unbelievable hope and joy at the same time. Hope and grief not trying to minimize each other. Grieving is very important. We must recall Jesus when he faced the death of his friend Lazarus. He didn't just sort of laugh it off in knowing that he was about to raise him from the dead. No, when he meets Mary, what does he do? He wept. As we mourn the death of our queen, let us not forget the Lord himself wept. He got angry as well at death, it tells us in that passage. And so grief is to be expected and not to be suppressed. To quote um, Dylan Thomas's famous poem, do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And yet what we see, what does Paul say? He says, take your grief, your deep sadness, your pain, and rub hope into it. Verse 13, do not want you to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. 
in the ancient uh, uh, world, people would take salt and they would uh, rub it into meat to stop it going off, to stop it going um, rancid or smelly. And it's the same with grief. Without hope, it can go off. It can become resentful. It can become bitter. It can turn into blame, either blaming others or, or blaming God. So instead, we're to rub hope, hope into grief, which will produce wisdom and perseverance. It will produce a depth and a, and a poise as we look out on life even give us the ability to mock death. As Paul says elsewhere, he says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? You see, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. And it was this hope, this hope that the Queen spoke of time and time again. It was remarkable recently as 2020, in her Easter message during the pandemic, she spoke of hope. She said this, This year, Easter will be different for many of us. But by keeping apart, we keep others safe. But Easter isn't cancelled. Indeed, we need Easter as much as ever. As darkness falls on the Saturday before Easter Day, Many Christians would normally light candles together. It's a way of showing how the good news of Christ's resurrection has been passed on from the first Easter by every generation until now. The discovery of the risen Christ on the first Easter day gave his followers new hope and a fresh purpose, and we can take heart from this. She had hope. And so as we mourn, firstly, we should not be uninformed. Secondly, we should grieve with hope. And lastly, we're to embrace infinite love. Infinite love. The Christian hope actually is a, a world of a, a infinite love. Did you notice in the passage all the references to the fact that you will be with one another uh, and with Christ. We will be together. Verse 17 says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them. And we will be together with the Lord, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. We're not just looking forward to Jesus coming back, his arrival per se, but the getting of the Lord personally, of having him face to face, receiving him personally, and knowing him fully, and him knowing us fully. It reminds me of the famous 1 Corinthians 13 passage that we often have at weddings, which says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. That's how we see now. Then we see, shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I fully known. It's true, isn't it? On this planet, there's no one who actually knows you and me fully 
inside out. And actually, there's no one who knows and loves us fully and completely and unconditionally. But that's what we all want, isn't it? It's what we all long for and all desire. Someone who knows us and loves us with an infinite love. On Friday, I found myself uh, listening to the tributes in the House of Commons on the, the TV. And the one that caught my attention was Boris Johnson, surprisingly. He said this. And I think millions of us are trying to understand why we are feeling this deep and personal and almost familial sense of loss. Perhaps it is partly that she has always been there, a changeless human reference point in British life. The person who, all the surveys say, appears most often in our dreams. So unvarying in her pole star radiance that we have perhaps been lulled into thinking she might be in some way eternal. You see, he's touched on what we all feel and actually we all want is someone who is eternal, someone who will go on forever, someone who will be infinite love, who together we can be with for eternity. And on that day, at the appearing of the Lord Jesus, we'll finally get what we long for from the Lord, for we will see him face to face and we will be fully known, we will be fully loved. That's the future hope. What a wonderful hope. The hope of Christianity is a world of love. The love you've always wanted, a personal, face-to-face, fully knowing, fully loved. And we know we don't have this even in our deepest relationships, yet we long for it. In the Queen, we have someone who, who drew that out, that, that longing, that desire for the eternal. And the Christian hope is that we can have that met in the person of the Lord Jesus, the person of infinite love. And the Christian hope is that unique because it will be a world of love, a face-to-face, personal with the Lord, with each other, where we will be fully known and fully loved. As we mourn the passing of a great queen, we can find in Jesus the longing of all our hearts, a never-ending, a limitless, infinite love. Verse 17 says, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. It's interesting here, the word meet in the original language, which was Greek, was a term used when people would come out of the city and get caught up in the entourage of a conquering king coming back from war, arriving back from battle, coming back to the city And you can imagine as the king uh, was seen coming back in victory with all the spoils, you wouldn't actually just wait in the city, would you? You would rush out, you would go out to meet him and then join in the celebration and the victory of the king, that the king is home. And this passage isn't about us so much being taken out of this world into a, a heaven, 
but it's about meeting him with those who've already died in Christ on the way to their earthly home. Because you see, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. We're going to have new bodies. The emphasis here is on a bodily resurrection. Remembering Jesus was resurrected with a body and our future is a bodily one. So we're not going to float off, as it were, in a new creation. You're going to walk, you're going to run, you're going to talk, eat, you're going to hug and you're going to love and you're going to dance and you're going to sing. Even if you can't sing like me. You're going to do what you were created to be. And when that day arrives, the coming of the Lord, we're going to get the things that we've always longed for. We're going to get the family that you dreamed of, the fellowship that we'd hoped for. We're going to get the divine king that we longed for. On that day, you're going to see each other. So we might as well start looking at each other and seeing each other. Those who sit on your right and and your left, those who are in Christ, you're not going to see their sins and their failures that we tend to focus on. We're going to see all that they were made to be in all their glory and wonder and splendor. A world of love. A world where we become all that we'd hoped and all that we dreamed. I love the Narnia books, you know, C.S. Lewis's Narnia books. Um, The last battle at the very end ends like this. Aslan turned to them and said, you do not yet look so happy as I mean you to be. Lucy said, we're so afraid of being sent away. And you have sent us back into our own world so very often. No fear of that, said Aslan. Have you not guessed? Their hearts leapt and a wild hope rose within them. There was a real railway accident, said Aslan softly. Your father and mother and all of you are, as you used to call it, in the Shadowlands, dead. Yet the term is over and the holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of a great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the chapter before. A world full of infinite love. This was the hope in which the Queen was not uninformed. The hope in which she lived and died. The hope of infinite love. And this is the hope offered to us this morning. To all who trust in the Lord Jesus.
Let's pray, shall we? Our Lord, our God, we, we thank you for your word and we thank you for that sentiment that we look forward to that final day where every chapter is better than the one before. A world of infinite love, a world with the Lord Jesus. In this sad and turbulent time as a nation, we pray that we would not be uninformed, that we would have hope amidst the grief, hope in the Lord Jesus who died and rose again for us, who offers us new life. May we put our trust in him this day. Amen.